The moose is loose here on the Lee Schools TV podcast. That's because our guest today is Morgan Moose Wright. Hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you're PE teacher, diplomat elementary school. Yes. Um, let's let's talk real quick before we talk about you know what you're teaching the kids at Diplomat and some new and exciting things you're doing there. Um, well, first first thing I want to ask you is the origin of your nickname, Moose. Where'd that come from? Okay, Moose comes around because I about eight years ago, uh, one of my friends, I, I used to do the obstacle course races, like Spartan, Tough Mudder, Savage Race. I was running those on the uh, professional, the elite circuit where you could like win prize money. And one of my friends showed up and uh, she's like, hey, I brought you a silly hat because I know you like wearing silly hats when you teach. And it was this really adorable Moose hat, a little tiny Canadian you know, flag on it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'd already run the competitive wave and so I always liked to run a fun lap because running something competitive is there's nothing fun. Like two miles into it, your inner child is crying. You're already like wishing you could be somewhere else because it, it hurts. Uh, so I'd always run a fun lap. So I put on the moose hat and I'm running a fun lap. And I'm just helping people get through the obstacle courses and cheering them on and giving them high fives. And, and it's stuck. People are like, oh, you're that moose guy. You're the, you wore that hat. And then when I go teach PE, every, PE is fun for elementary school is awesome except kindergartners. Kindergartners are terrifying. They're like squirrels who learn how to wear pants. It's like you're trying to teach them and they're like, don't, don't do that. Take that out of your mouth. Stop touching her. What are you chewing up? But you put on a silly hat, you have their full attention. So I would wear the moose hat as well. So the whole moose thing stuck on and I like competing while wearing it because it blocks out the sound, lets me focus. It's almost like blinders for horses. And, and I like being silly. I'm a big on, I compete very hard. I'm, I'm a very fierce competitor, but I'm really big on being kind. And it's, it's okay to be humble. So it just keeps it kind of silly and makes it fun. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're relatively well known around town now because you've been on American Ninja Warrior. How many, how many times? Three now? seasons now. Three seasons, and you're, you're hoping to get on for a fourth coming up soon. It's looking good for season eleven. We're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you wear the, the moose hat during, I do. during your runs. I absolutely um, do. And so how, how, did you, how did you get started in, in being on American Ninja Warrior? How, do, how does one get on the show to begin with? Okay. Uh, well, I had uh, spent a long time tra kind of transitioning through various sports. Mm. And my uh, oh, How about my real kids? quick, before, sorry, before go we ahead. get... For anybody who doesn't know what American Ninja Warrior is, Okay. Warrior. Go ahead and explain what it is. American Ninja Warrior is a popular TV show on NBC. You should absolutely turn in over 10 million viewers. They, I think they uh, Oscar nominated. It is where a probably Emmy nominated. A, Emmy yeah. nominated. There we go. I I, I got to keep my nomination. You know, the nominations. Uh, I never get it right. They the competitors go through an obstacle course, and it's you have one one chance. That's it. One and done. And it's very challenging. Those who make it through the obstacle course make it on to a city finals and then later on to the Las Vegas finals. Every year they have around 64 to 68,000 people apply to be on the TV show and they choose 500. So it's very fierce to, to get in and you, you have to not only be athletic, they have to think that you're going to be good for TV because ultimately it is a TV show. Mm -hmm. So that is American Ninja. Warrior. So clearly you're great on TV. <laughs> uh, I, I am a ham. So what got you into, is it just you saw what, like the, you know, were you a fan of the show and then said, I can do this? Or how did you get, what made you say, I'm going to apply to be on this show? My kids, specifically my daughter, Jocelyn. Uh, at the time she was like nine and she was like, dad, you got to do the show. You already do all this obstacle course running. 
And I was getting a little too old. I, at the time, I was also competing in MMA. And I, I was starting to like wake up and say, you know what I'm tired of? Getting hit in the face. This is starting to really hurt. And because uh, I, was, I was a phenomenal boxer with the military back in the day, but I was like, I wanted to look at other sports. And my daughter just kept hounding me, hounding me, hounding me. And then finally, she was going to turn 10. And she was like, Dad, 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 Father, for my 10th birthday. That was it. She's like, I want you to compete for the show. I want you to try to at least apply. So I didn't think much. I looked at it. The application process is challenging. It's about 12 pages of online information you have to fill out. Then you have to make a three-minute-ish long video showcasing your personality and very seriously your athletic ability. She followed me around with her with my phone and filmed me for about a four-day span just doing everything with like, oh, dad, use this clip, not that. Okay, let's talk about this. And I, okay, whatever. I submitted it. Didn't think much about it. Three months later, I get a phone call. And then two, four weeks after that, I'm in Atlanta competing. Wow. When was that? So like that was like 2014 or? That was, I want to say 2016. 2016. Okay, right. For season eight. Okay. Uh, so is your daughter your your biggest fan, would you say? I would say between, yeah, my, my daughter Jocelyn and just as equally my son Jackson. Yeah. Uh, he's just turned 11. She is 13 going on 19, feels like. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're massive fans and they travel well. They love it. Like I get called to like, oh, we'll start packing. When is the day they get all their homework? Just, the, the problem is they're good kids, which, cause if they were bad kids, it would save me so much money on Christmas. <laughs> like, oh, you have coal again and dad has a new car, but no, it's, uh, it's good. They were the, the big motivation for this. Yeah. So what is it, what is it like being on the show? Take me, you know, from the time you arrive on site to, you know, the whole process of, checking in and getting ready and going through the obstacle course and everything that happens. It's definitely a process. I got to tell you, it's like, uh, you have to show up and here's the deal. Ninja Warrior is a great show. They, they don't pay for anything. They don't, they, they, if you make it to the Vegas finals, they did fly me out to Vegas. They do pay for my room and give me a stipend for Vegas, mm -hmm. but only for me, uh, for the regular show, the, the city qualifier and city finals, they don't pay. So I, I do plan ahead to get ready to go because it's about a three-month window between when you submit your application and when they start calling people. So I have to start saving money now because you have about a four-week window to get to wherever they call you. And plane tickets, I know what you're thinking. Teachers are loaded. It turns out my uh, student advisor lied to me in college and has some explaining to do. But So we fly out about two to three days early because you have to do uh, what they call B-roll interviews. Yep and side interviews, and a lot of pictures and media releases, and uh, so- That's, that's what the, like, the little packages they put together oh, before you do your runs that they show on, so they gotta shoot oh. all those and edit them together to be ready for broadcast. Oh yeah. yeah, and there's 100 ninjas there, so they have to go through all of you, and you wanna see there. And also too, we're all like little ferrets watching the course get built. So you always get there early because you wanna see like, we're all peeking through the guard fences, and they have security guys, but it's not like they're going to stop a hundred ninjas climbing around on stuff to peek at obstacles. Cause you don't know. We don't know what the obstacles are going to be beforehand. No right idea. Now. And we're not allowed to touch them. We can look at them. So we always get there early. And then, uh, the big part of the process is we see what they're doing. We all panic. And then we go to whatever ninja gym is nearby and we build it right there on the spot and practice it over and over again. Then we finally show up at around five o'clock that night. That on practice, on actual go night, and we get walked through all the obstacles where we have to, we're watched. Somebody demonstrates, 
and we get to see and we can ask any questions because if if you mess up they just like if you touch something you're not supposed to touch the side barrier or you grab a pole that's not supposed to be touched a part of the obstacle they just the buzzer goes off and if you do it they won't show your clip it's like if you get called out by messing up on that type of uh, scenario that they just won't show you hmm. and everyone ultimately everyone wants to be on tv uh, yeah i mean i'm not gonna get rich or anything i like I like being on TV because it's fun because then my students see it and that motivates them and makes teaching PE easier. You compete that night and they don't even start competing until about 1030 at night, maybe 10. Oh, wow. It's late. It's yeah. They, uh, 10 o'clock at night is like 1:30 in the morning on teacher time. Yeah. It's like, I am, I have so much coffee in me at that time. Why do they start so late? They, they film at night because there's less ambient noise yeah, yeah. and the lighting is better. Mm, okay. And there's less traffic, so people can come and get in and sure, out a yeah, little okay. easier. They film from about 10 p.m. till about 5.30 a.m. And wow. I'm lucky that my kids are young because that means I get to go around midnight or, or earlier. Because those, those, if you're, so if they you're, make the kids, they make the people who don't have kids go at like 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. They're like, hope you have some coffee there, Sparky. That's crazy. Then you compete. Now, if you make if you make it through the obstacle course, you automatically go on to the city finals, which means you have to wait around until about 6.30 in the morning to do the survivor shots, the, all the final. Like, these are the top 30 that move on. So then by the time you finish that and get back to your hotel and shower and in bed, it's about 9 a.m., okay? And then I was up again by 1 p.m. the next day to get ready for the city finals because city finals takes place the very next day. Hmm. We do the back, the next four obstacles on the course. Instead of six, now you have ten. So you have to go back. And that's what uh, gets a couple people. If you don't get enough good rest, you're tired and you make tiresome mistakes. Mm. You know, and, and that's, that's it. It, it. It hurts. That's why you see ninjas always feel bad when somebody fails on the first one or two obstacles because they spend all year getting ready for that moment. Mm -hmm. And to wipe out, you're like, ah, I feel you. Mm -hmm. So overall, it's probably about a five to six day process. Wow. Uh, sounds intense. Um, a lot of fun though, I'm assuming. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and, and it is. It's like, you know, they have like, you know, when you're warming up, they have like the little ninja pit area where you're supposed to warm up. Super boring area. I usually just like go under the rope. And it's funny because I'm like everyone's like I'm like Ned Flanders of the Ninja World. I literally go neighbor. They they're just they're like guys, ah, just moose, let him go. So I'll wander through the crowds. I'm like high fiving kids and you know holding babies and shaking hands because I like to go out and meet people. Yeah. You know, I'll go hanging out with my family. I'm sure you meet people from all over the the world. Right? Oh, it's so much fun. I do. I uh, it's um, you know they put your social media out there. Like I, I've gotten on Instagram, Morgan the Moose on Instagram. Yes. So, and what happens, like, I, you know, I was in Miami, I was around a thousand people following me. After Miami, I'm around 20,000 now. So I get messages from all over the world. And my, it's funny because my wife would joke, oh, I bet you have all these girls messaging you. My number one fan, middle-aged dads. And they're all super cool. They're all like, hey, Moose, you uh, got me motivated to go back to the gym a little bit, play with my kids some more. I've signed my kids up for sports. And I'm going with them. How much fun is that? That's cool. I like it a lot. So how how far have you gotten? What's the furthest you've gotten on the? You said you, you made, made the, the Vegas, the Vegas finals. finals. Vegas finals. Oh my gosh! Um, and then you, did you did you wipe out? I, wipe, I wiped out in stage one of the Vegas finals. Balance obstacle got me. But let's talk about how going to Vegas in your forties so much different than going in your twenties. You've been to Vegas in both 
time in, in time both periods. time frames. Both time frames. You go in your forties, like, oh man, I can I can catch a show. <laughs> Arius has a buffet. I've got some. I need to buy some uh, trinkets and souvenirs for my friends, and I'm gonna take a picture. Oh my gosh, I've turned into my father. That's what happens. <laughs> I've never been to Vegas. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. The the dry humidity is such a welcome change for Floridians. Yeah. It's like it's, it's a, it was 108, 109 degrees. I was like, that's okay though. No humidity. <laughs> so, do you plan to? I mean, is your ultimate goal to to you know win the finals? I don't know how. Um, is that why you keep keep going back every year, or is it just because you love it so much? Is it is, you know I'm I'm gonna keep doing this until I make it all the way to the end? Or I think the big secret with ninjas amongst us all is we realize nobody wins. It's like yeah. they've had one winner okay. in ten seasons. Really? But I, I do like to see how, how far can I go. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've you know, I, I I've been in you know, when I was boxing with the military, I knew that I would step into a ring and say, Okay, this guy's amazing. He's probably going to kill me. But let's see him try. And I I like to compete. I I if somebody I, I've never been a, a, a grouchy competitor. If someone beats me, I'm like, Great job, you've earned it, because I'm never gonna give it to you. But I also like to test me. I'm 44. I'm getting to an age where life stops giving and starts taking away little things. Yeah. You know, it's, instead of talking about what I'm going to do for the weekend, I'm talking about what specialist I need to see to go get this one thing on my body fixed. Uh, I, I do it because I, I, I like it, but also I like how much it motivates my students and my own children. You know, my, I don't pay for allowance at home. I only pay for fitness. And, and my kids, they're in great shape. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like it because it's something we can do together as a family. What kind of things do you do with your kids? Uh, a lot of times, like, my daughter's really into volleyball. My son's into grappling. So, like, I'll help coach her volleyball. I'll coach his, his uh, jiu-jitsu school, his classes. We'll go running together. We do. I, I built a whole ninja rig in the backyard. We'll goof off on that. I've got weights in the garage. And, and I like it. You know, I like not charging for, for – or not paying them for allowance. I'm like, I feed you. I keep you safe from bears. You can do some dishes. <laughs> you know, But if they want to make money, and they do – I'm like, no problem. I pay a dollar a mile. I, I pay a quarter for every three pull-ups. I pay a quarter for every 20 push-ups. And they have to be real push-ups, not assisted, not where you just head bobbing like you're listening to the inner music in your brain. Mm. You know, and it's, it's worked out really well. So what do you do to train for the show? Training is pretty dynamic for me. Uh, you know, I joke about my age. And you'll, you'll see people that'll say, uh, age is just a number. Okay, tell me that when you're in your 40s. Because uh, I've noticed it, recovery time, especially from injuries, is three times longer. Mm-hmm. So I keep, uh, I train smart and I train very effectively. I do a lot of, uh, so many pull-ups. So I, I, I do pull-ups, I climb ropes. Uh, rope climbs are a big deal for me. I do a lot of pegboards, uh, monkey bars. I have, I, I, I just put towels on my pull-up bar and I will just grab a towel and use that instead. Uh, I still like grappling because, you know, of all the martial skills, I'm a huge fan of uh, jujitsu. As like, it's it it just makes everyone relaxed. There's nobody is rules in jujitsu and has an ego. Are you well trained in jujitsu? I'm pretty well trained. I uh, I've been you know for a few years and I enjoy it. And I also like jujitsu because you can't pretend to be better than you are because you have to tap. Yeah. Or you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, for those who don't know jujitsu. It is uh, grappling. It's submission based wrestling where you have wrestling, but there there's a submission hold somewhere at the end is the goal, and you have to. And that lets the other person know you've won. You have you've been my arm and away, or I can't breathe, 
and please let go. Great job. So is is like karate more kicks and chops and punches and jujitsu is more ground grappling. Like when you're watching an MMA match and the guys are both on the ground and they're, you know, pulling on an arm and getting them to tap out. That's jujitsu. That is jujitsu. Yeah, okay. That is jujitsu. And I've gone through, I've gone through the boxing. I've gone through the Muay Thai. Uh, nowadays I'm a big believer that, you know, grappling is one of the greatest, you know, people like want to put their kids in and, and, and I want to put my kid in martial arts for discipline and self-defense. I tell a lot of parents, jujitsu is where it's at. I don't want my nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid getting punched in the face in boxing because it, it, it is an aggressive sport. Yeah. Their bones are still growing. You do have a high chance of injury or to promote aggression. Yeah. Where I've noticed with jiu-jitsu, it tends to make everyone a lot more calm. Uh, it, I found uh, grappling gyms to be uniquely ego-free because you have to be. You cannot wrestle with an ego because you will get hurt or you will hurt someone else and you will get kicked out of the gym. And then you have no one to wrestle with. And you'll find that the higher somebody goes in that skill level, they're just nice people. Like uh, we have a phenomenal, we have a we have a national champion in town at Black Tie Jiu Jitsu, and uh, and this is not a plug. This is just me because I'm you know, Corey Brown, national champion, nicest guy. He's humble. He shake his hand. It's like you're holding a palm leaf. Hey guys, nice to see you. He is the gentlest killer I've ever met. You know, it's like it's yeah. just it's it's very unique seeing how those high end guys operate. How how are, do you train year round, or is it like you you have to make sure you start a few months or however long before the show starts, or both? Yeah, I I do I stay in shape year round. Ramp, uh, but you ramp it up. Uh, I ramp it up. Yeah. Like right now, I'm in ramped up season. I just uh, I just submitted for season eleven, and we have about a three month window before the phone calls go out. So what happens is you have to bet on yourself and train as if. Stop it. You have to train on yourself, uh, bet on yourself that you're going to get the call. So I'm on, you know, a, a well-maintained, I don't want to call it a diet, but I would say my nutrition habits have definitely changed. My fitness levels, I usually work out around twice a day, four to five days a week, and at least once a day. Even on my rest day, I'm still at least banging out yoga. Because mm -hmm. yoga is not my favorite, but it's so good. Yeah. Why? It helps with that level of flexibility, and uh, as we get older, our ability to react, our reaction speed is diminished. Like, you know, I was joking about, you know, I was on the boxing team in the military, and I was a phenomenal counterpuncher. That was what I could do. I could, I could see, and I'm a southpaw. I would see your overhand right and be like, okay, I should move. Now, I will see your overhand right and be like, I should move. Because <laughs> I just, you cannot react at that same speed. I found the yoga helps with the flexibility and just overall general health. And it's mm. funny because a lot of guys are like, oh, yoga's for girls. No, it's for everybody. Yeah. And and it's it's a big deal. It's mm. just being flexible helps you avoid more health problems as you age. So um, what kind of, uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about your diet. So what kind of, you know, obviously you're in great shape, a lot of exercise and, uh, you know, working out. But what kind of diet do you adhere to? My, my number one. It's funny because as far as diet goes, it sounds weird, but my number one thing doesn't even involve food. Mm -hmm. It involves good sleep habits. Mm -hmm. Everything goes around good sleep habits. I was actually just listening to a podcast yesterday about the importance of sleep. Oh, it's the number one thing we cheat ourselves. We mm -hmm. become adults where we know better. But we're like, oh, I'll sleep. And I understand it. Because like for me, I get home, you know, like if I'm up at like 9.30, 10.30, that's my me time. You know, mm -hmm. the kids are asleep, the wife's asleep. I could be like, I can watch all the YouTube videos I want to. I want, you know, I could, I could do whatever I want, 
But good sleep habits help us make better nutritional choices because we have the discipline to do so. We're not tired. When you're tired, you take the easy answer. You pull into the Mm drive-thru. And then, and even then now, like, I I have a serious PG-13 level romance with Chick-fil-A. And it's like, and that's okay. Because even then, when I pull in, I already know. I've gone online. I've looked at the menu. I know what my healthier options are. So uh, my diet generally revolves around avoiding. My number one thing is I avoid liquid calories. Uh, such as, such as, listen, listen I, I, I love, I love sweetened coffee, but my, my coffee is black and my tea is in the harbor because America. <laughs> However, it's uh, liquid cal- Your body just doesn't process liquid calories the way it does food. It just, it does not register them. So juices. So it is the number one reason humans gain weight is liquid calories. That is so the number one does that include like. Smoothie, because I have a smoothie like every morning for breakfast. Is that bad for me? No, full disclaimer: you're not I'm, a dietitian. I, I am not a dietitian. But is it, would smoothies? Because it's got yeah. fruit and spinach in it, and so spinach is great. Low fat yogurts. The, yeah. the the downside is fruits. Fruits are very high in sugar, mm-hmm. and and there's a reason fruits taste great. Like I love fruit, but I will only eat fruit prior to working out for the sugar boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people like uh, like an apple. An apple is super crunchy. That will wake you up. That uh, wakes you up, and the sugar boost will power through workout. But fruit, I I take fruit the way I take dessert, and it, it's minimal. Like I'll I'll put like twelve blueberries in my shake, and like I won't eat fruit in the morning because I don't need the sugar boost in the morning. Mm. You know, I'm I'm up. Yeah. Um, I'm. I will say, liquid calories is probably my biggest thing. After that, I try to eat the rainbow. I try different colors on my plate with every meal. And you'll find it, it's – and people are like, oh, it, it's not that expensive to eat healthy either. You know, it's like we have, an all, we have Aldi's all over. I have all these great places. I can buy vegetables on the cheap. You know, I can buy you know, fish. I can buy chicken. I can buy legumes. I can buy all these super easy, healthy things that aren't hard to cook, especially if you have a crock pot. You know, I'll still, you know, my wife at least will throw things in the crock pot. All I know is magic happens. Eight hours later, I've got chicken chili that tastes yeah. like I'm being kissed by a unicorn on my taste buds. I'm big into making crock pot meals these days. It's, it is. It's, it's taking the time. And people are like, I don't have time to cook. It's literally an investment in your health. Yeah. Of all the things you could invest in, investing in yourself is a pretty good deal. Mm. I don't do anything to, I do look at ways to make things uh, streamlined. Like if I know it's going to be a busy day, I might grab a rotisserie chicken and some bagged salads, because it, people like eating out. You know, a, 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 a drive-through combo meal is nine bucks these days, maybe ten. You know, a bagged chicken and a salad about eight bucks. And it takes me about forty seconds to rip out a hunk of chicken, throw it on my bag salad. I'll walk around eating a bag salad like chips. It's I, it's not glamorous. So no, so no dressing on it or anything? No. no. Uh, I Generally, I, I do like the dressings, but normally, I don't want to say I'm lazy, but I'm like, oh, it's so much work. The fridge is like 14 feet over there. Yeah. The salad's right here. You strike me as a really lazy guy. I, that, you know, I, it comes across that way. So actually. going back to sleeping, what are your, I mean, do you get a full eight hours every night? I mean, you've got to be up early, I'm sure, for school. I am. Uh, it, a lot of it de- depends down to when do you feel rested? It's like, like people want to put a hard limit on things. Like you must drink eight glasses of water a day. It's okay. What, what do you feel? Like you can look at water and say, okay, you know, how is my urine? Is if it's, if it's coming out looking like a banana, I need more water. You know, this, you can self-regulate for me. I need about seven, seven and a half. Mm. Um, I know. I know seven is like the the, the minimum minimum that experts recommend. It is. You're getting less than seven then. 
That's not not good for it's you. Not, and you'll know. You'll know. Do you feel tired? Yeah. How, and we all hit that little uh, middle of the day slump. If that slump is hitting you really hard, mm-hmm. the chances are you're not getting enough sleep at yeah. night. You know, and I find I set little routines. You know, it's like I know, like by ten thirty, I'm unwinding. I maybe have some sleepy time tea. I'm still feeling pretty jazzed up, and then I'll like scroll. I put my phone all the way down, the brightness all the way down. I like to scroll through the news mm-hmm. uh, at the end of bed, and then I'm out by eleven. Yeah. You know, and then I'm not up again till like six forty-five, so I get seven and a half hours of sleep. There you go. Right. Uh, and you had also mentioned that you you do uh, intermittent fasting as well. I am a big believer of intermittent fasting. So tell people what okay what intermittent is. fasting is when you pick a period of time and you don't eat you, like for me I, I generally go with an eight hour eating window and then I spend the next sixteen hours only having liquid not liquid calories just like water zero cal- yeah water or black coffee mm. okay anything without you want to avoid triggering the insulin response okay so so people with diet cokes or diet sodas with anything or that that will trigger the insulin response. Now, the reason I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting is everyone loves the keto. Oh, keto diet. It's, I'm going to lose all this weight. And it is undeniably the keto diet is very effective on losing weight quickly. However, I have, in my personal opinion, I have seen it where it's not a sustainable way of, of dieting. And you will... It's it's not the healthiest either. You're not you're missing out some of your your complex carbohydrates. And saying that you're only going to limit yourself to twenty or thirty grams of carbohydrates a day can be not can be uh, not beneficial, especially depending on what you're choosing to do athletically. But with intermittent fasting, you enter a mini ketosis phase every single day. So you only eat between twelve thirty and seven thirty. Twelve thirty and seven thirty. I myself. So you skip I'm a, breakfast. I yeah. And it's funny because people, people, like, people always say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Most important meal yeah. of the day. Mm-hmm. Baby Jesus will cry if you miss breakfast. He doesn't. I found out through extensive research. Okay. It's a uh, what happens is uh, a couple of things will happen. Like most the number where they have found people have trouble intermittent fasting. They cannot uh, survive without their cup of coffee or they need to put things in their coffee. Yeah. I'm like, first off, drink a better quality coffee. You know, it's like, you know, invest in you. You could spend a couple of dollars, buy yourself some real, you know, good coffee. And I also too, I like to, I wait, I wake up, I down about 20 ounces of water. I wait about 90 minutes or so before I have coffee because your body already produces natural enzymes to wake you up. That's what you do. When you see people like, Oh, I can't wake up without coffee. When they drink coffee right away, well, that's because you've told your body that, hey, body, I don't need these enzymes to wake me up. I'm going to use this stimulant instead. And, and you can avoid that. So you're just kind of training your body you, in a certain... You, yeah. yeah. And so I wake up naturally. Maybe I'll have a cup of green tea because uh, that doesn't trigger the insulin response. Uh, and it's hot. I like a hot beverage when I wake up. And then I get to work because I wait till I get to work to drink coffee because that, that's when you need it the most anyway. You know, this is when you, you know, I'm, you know, I'm teaching. I want to, I want to be, whoop, I want to be perky when I'm st- greeting my students. And the coffee also acts as an appetite suppressant. Uh, I make it till around 1230. So, and if I'm not hungry, sometimes I will wait till one. Uh, I break my fast with some bone broth. And then about an hour after that, maybe my, my little protein shake with all my little goodies in it. Uh, and, and I look forward to it. I make my protein shake. I want it to be tasty. I'm not one of those like, okay, this tastes terrible, but I'm going to drink it because it's healthy. No, if it tastes terrible... If some, if I'm eating like kale, kale tastes like sadness. Okay. So I hide it. I might blend it into my shake so I don't taste it. You know, it's like, yeah. but if you do something that's legitimately not enjoyable, eventually you're not going to do it. Yeah. Like I'm not a, you know, 
can't even taste the spinach that I put in yeah. my smoothies, which is great. Um, okay, so moving on a little bit, you uh, I saw that you recently, well, I don't know how recently, but uh, you threw out the first pitch at a Rays game. I did. That was that looked cool. That was what, a lot of fun. What was that like? Where, oh, where, where, all right. Now, so I they, already it was, watched. They, because they knew it was because you were on the show. Because I was on Ninja Warrior. Yeah. They were they were big on Ninja Warrior. And God, you know, bless the Rays. I was hoping it would help them win a game. Did not occur. It's uh, The Rays are kind of like, like like the Bucks. You know, they know that we're busy people, you know, and they know that we can't afford to watch playoffs, so they make sure to lose for us every season. I really appreciate that. <laughs> They're thinking of us, the fans. Um, hey, they did make it to the World Series that one year. They, they did. It, listen, trust me. Everyone was like, it just happened here. It's like Jumanji. What year is this? It's like... Uh, and it was really, it was really fun, you know, yeah. and there was a lot of pressure too, because yeah. I'd watched three different stars, even Akbar bombing the pitch. Yeah. Get throwing it in the dirt, not even reaching the, oh, not the reaching catcher. The plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting all these messages. I'm like, I'm overthrowing. I'm like throwing up angry birds. Yeah. That's how I, you, I mean, you made it. I mean, I lobbed yeah. it in. I'm yeah. like, we are caught it pretty high, but it looked, looked good. You got good form. But thank you. Yeah. I was practicing. Uh, I had another, another one of my, uh, teachers buddies was, uh, he, was, he used to pitch in uh, high school baseball. So he was helping me out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't flub that. And it's fun watching a baseball game in person. Mm-hmm. So much better than watching. Did it you TV. get to watch, stay and watch the game? And did we they give did. you special seating or got special seating? Yeah. I got to keep the ball. They gave us some, uh, raised hats. Did you, get to, meet, did you get to meet the players or we did yeah. the players came well the player it was funny because the players were like oh i want to come meet the moose guy because once you get half of them we're like they're like eh, you know i got kids they think you're awesome you know and i was like cool meanwhile my kids were like dad these guys are really famous you're nice dad but these guys they're they're on tv a lot <laughs> like please do so it was fun that's cool okay so um i'll get to know you a little bit more where 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 are you from where'd you grow up originally mm-hmm. I was actually born in Florida. I am I'm third generation Floridian. Uh, born in in you know Gainesville. Yeah. Go Gators. Go Gators. Sh- Shane's yeah. uh, Shane's Hospital. I was down down here by the time I could walk and talk. Uh, Cape like the Lee County area, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love it. Every time I would go away with the military for like deployments or training, I I just I always come back here. I really just lovely county people always want to move away oh this is home i want to go explore the world but down here we have i like it we have good schools crime crime is low for the size of growth jobs are plentiful mm-hmm. it's a beautiful area mm-hmm. i mean we have we and we everyone has our traffic's not tra- traffic too bad not terrible sometimes during season people complain but then you compare it to like when you go to over to Miami or something, oh, and the right? traffic is horrendous. So, oh man, people, yeah, or people complain. Oh, I'm gonna go live somewhere, and they go somewhere where they have to pay a state tax, and they're like, oh, yeah. oh I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love I love being here. Mm-hmm. Yep, I just you know, I know somebody who recently moved out of California because they were like, oh. cannot afford these taxes no. anymore. Uh, okay, so did you go through the? Did you go to Lee County Schools? I did. Which, I was which at schools? Tice Elementary, and it was, that was fun. My dad, my dad Ken Wright, was uh, taught there for twenty some years. Hmm. Uh, very first, uh, one of, in the very first group to receive Golden Apple. So I, was, I learned a lot of my teaching skills from him. Yeah. Uh, well, you're a gold, Golden Apple recipient I as well. Am. Right? What year did you? Uh, 2013. 2013. I was the first P teacher to ever receive Golden Apple. Oh, very and cool. It was thank you because it was pretty crazy. Because at first, you know, I was like, this is going to be fun, and. And then I started moving on in the process. It's a rigorous process. Yeah, we had Marshall Bauer on the podcast uh, oh, it's a few vicious. weeks ago, and he was going through what they. <laughs> yeah, and then and I got there, and people are like, "Oh, this is about as far as you're going to get," because you know, it's not like you're a real teacher. <laughs> you only teach PE, and I'm like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so, 
Everyone was surprised, including myself. But you know, I made it through. Uh, Sun, I was at Suncoast Middle, now North Fort Myers Academy of the Arts, and then uh, North High, Red Knights. Oh, yeah. So, and I, I, I loved the education I got in Lee County. My, my kids are both in the public school system, uh, and I, I just, I, it motivated me to become a teacher myself. When you're, you come from a family of teachers. I do your come dad. from a family of teachers. My yeah. dad, my stepmom worked downtown for many, many years as well. It's like. It, it, it's it's a good life, mm-hmm. you know, and we live within our means, we live within our budget, you know, it's, I, I, I love what I do. I literally am going to leave here and go get paid to play kickball as, as an adult. I am adulting so hard and playing kickball with kids all day. And, and you're telling me your wife works for the school district as well. She does. Mm-hmm. Lisa is, Lisa Wright is awesome. And she is a, I'm going to get this. Maybe I might get the health occupations specialist coordinator. She works for the uh, helps with the adult and career tech ed, and helps run all the uh, health science colleges for the high schools. She's amazing. I don't win many arguments because she remembers everything. Oh my gosh! Know what you actually said six months and three days ago was, but but it's, it's great. It's a it, it's fun and I, clearly I'm pretty sweet on her. <laughs> How did you meet? Oh gosh, uh, we had one of our buddies. I met a mutual friend. Just keep, hey, I got this girl you got to meet. Hey, I got this guy you got to meet. For like for like year, for like about a year, kept pushing us towards each other. And uh, I popped in to the restaurant she was working at at the time. Theoretically to talk to him, but really I'm all like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then we, she saw me peeking at her. We went on one date. We've never been apart since. It's like been 17 years now. Awesome. Uh, and you, so you have, you have two kids. We have two kids. Yeah. We have a uh, Jackson Sky and Jocelyn Sunstar. It's uh, my middle name Sunstar, is and it? I'm not part Indian because my my parents really love the 60s. Interesting. It is. So I passed on to them, and, and we love it. It's like you know they're they're both you know they said they're just good kids, man. Yeah. And we we're, and we're loving life. We this is the we're we're very cognizant that right now we're living in what the good old days that we'll reminisce about later on when we're mm-hmm. in our golden years. Yeah. So we're just a really happy family. Okay. So now I want to talk about let's do it. Uh, teaching PE uh, at uh, Diplomat Elementary. So you said you've been, you've been a diplomat for three years now. Y- yes, I'm um, my third year at Diplomat now. So what is your uh, um, Kind of, you know, what's your philosophy on on teaching kids physical education? What are what are your goals? You know, when, okay, your teaching uh, style. My teaching style is I base everything on high expectations. I on, on and I'm a firm believer that PE at elementary school level should be fun. I need we need as a society to get kids to buy in to fun fitness at their most malleable, most impressionable age. Okay. Like, like, let's say I'm teaching a soccer unit, okay, which is what I'm teaching right now. A, a soccer kid, unit? I'm teaching soccer right okay. now. I, I don't need a six-year-old to know the difference between a fullback, a halfback, a striker. I, I, he doesn't even know that. He needs to know you're wearing a blue jersey. You kick the ball that way to the yellow jersey's goal, which is these two cones. Just get them, get them Just, to fall in love with soccer. I want, I want them to love the sport. Mm-hmm. I want them to love and – and I cover every sport. And I'm real big on – Covering all the Florida sports, and as well as social sports, because I, you know, I cover a wide range. I want them to say, "Okay, this is what bowling. This is frisbee. This is volleyball." You live in one of the most sunshiny states out here, and and sports it can equate to social skills later on. Oh yeah, and and it's funny because not every kid is meant to be an athlete, but every kid can have a basic grasp. 
like I'll show my kids who aren't very athletically, you know, inclined. I'll say, let me show you how to play defense. And it's like Aladdin. It's a whole new world. When they realize if I put my hand up and slap the ball down, I am now a hero for my team because I kept them from making a shot. I'm big on showing kids how to play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And, and by making PE fun, they buy into fitness. And by buying into fitness, they now become a lifelong learner of physical education. Mm-hmm. So I'm high expectations, high structure, uh, very orderly, but fun. Yeah. I, I am firm, but fair and fun. And they really, it's, it's just really caught on. They really buy into it. I know you mentioned that you, you know, uh, boxed uh, yes. and are into, you know, martial arts. Were you into, were you into team sports growing up? Did you have a favorite sport that you like to play or? You know, it's, it's a, I did, my thing was volleyball. Yeah. Of all the things I just, I loved volleyball growing up, which killed me. Cause I got to high school. There's, there's no, uh, boys volleyball yeah, teams. Yeah, it's only girls, yeah. It's, uh, they, it's females. It, you know, is what it is. Uh, so I was always just running around. I was always uh, going to the beach, go playing at the sand, anywhere I could find a sand court. I was always just playing volleyball. That was my big thing. Yeah, volleyball's would, fun. Oh, yeah. I would do any anytime the rec center had a volleyball league, mm-hmm. I want to go. And, and, I, and, and I loved it. That was, that was probably my big high school uh, sport, which is volleyball. I wasn't one of the, you know, the, the big, huge popular ones. But I loved it and I had fun with it. Yeah. So tell me, um, tell me about Kids Ninja Fitness. So you're taking uh, your experience with American Ninja Warrior and kind of bringing it into the, you know, the quote unquote classroom. You know, you're outside. So uh, what are you doing with Kids Ninja Fitness? What is that? Okay. Uh, well, it's, it started. I've never been a huge fan of the mandatory fitness testing that a lot of schools and districts throughout the country will mandate. And uh, this year, I became the subject area specialist for physical education. And so I really started looking at it. I really started digging in. Because, you know, it's, sometimes things will happen. I'll say, you have to do this. It's, it's mandated. Okay, where? And I realized it didn't really exist. So I, I, and I don't, uh, I can't say, I'm not a big believer of mandate, mandatory physical fitness. Because I don't need a nine-year-old who knows she can't do a pull-up to be forced to fail a pull-up in front of all of her peers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how supervillains are created. Want a supervillain? That. That's how you get a supervillain. Okay, so what I did is I said, okay, what can I do with this ninja stuff to give an incentivized reason? Because people will say, oh, kids these, every, every generation, yeah. kids these days are fill in the blank. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're just different. They're not this, they're not that, they're just different. You know, we want to be motivated these days. That's why you see people going to CrossFit or, or uh, boxing clubs, you know, or just, you know, expense cycle. We want to have our fitness to be fun as adults. Why wouldn't kids? So what I did is I looked at a way to get, I, I just said, I, I sent out an email. I said, guys, we don't have to have mandatory fitness testing. You don't have to bum your kids out with this because it's not fun for the teachers. It's only fun for a handful of the students who are really, really good at it because like, oh, I, I did good at that. But it's still not as fun as playing dodgeball. But if I, I, did, I made an elective-based fitness testing system based around Ninja Warrior. So what I did is I took uh, Ninja Warrior is based on six stages itself. You have a city finals, a city qualifier, city finals, national stages one, two, three, four. So I made six stages of, of Kids Ninja Fitness. And then I made it where it starts off, like let's say push-ups. It goes you know, two push-ups for the school qualifier, five push-ups for the school finals, and I made little certificates that can go out with each one. And I put this on the website, just www.kidsninjafitness.com. And I paid for all this on my, on my own pocket. I'm like the world's brokest philanthropist right now 
because I'm spending all my money on this because I believe in it. And, and then I set it up to mirror the program. And then what I did, I started reaching out. And, and I, I talked to like the hosts of the show, Matt Eisman, uh, Akbar, and don't ask me to pronounce his last name. And, and, I, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Can you help me out? And they're both like, they texted me back, absolutely, Moose, what do you need? So they made, uh, Matt made me the intro video, Akbar made me the, fine, the closing video for each year. Then I reached, I called, I started reaching out to ninjas. I've got some, some high profile ninjas, Jeff Harvey, uh, Ethan Supernaut, uh, Dougie Fresh, uh, Jesse Graf, uh, Maggie Thorne, uh, Virginia McCall. I've got these like high profile ninjas that have all made me these motivational hype videos. So when I launched the program in October, I was on the morning news at my school talking about Kids Ninja Fitness saying, hey, this is elective. You don't got to do it, but let me motivate you to try. And then they watched a 90 second video of Matt Eisman, the host of the show, cheering them on. That's so when cool. PE stopped, I was a stampede because I do it on choice day. So I had kids. I've never seen so many kids just ecstatic to fail trying a pull-up. And I had a kid fail like 13, 14 times. She got right back in line to try again. And, and I, that's what I want. Because adults will try something a few times. Like, ah, I can't do it. Oh, well, I try. A kid will fail. You go to Sky Zone, you'll see a kid fail the warped wall all day long. They'll get in line for that 40-second time and try again. Because this time could be it. Mm-hmm. And now once a month, I show a video on the morning news of a, of a ninja motivating them for that next level. Saying, okay, you've got this. And when you see Jesse Graff come on the morning news for a thousand students to, to motivate them, they love it. And I've been tirelessly trying to push this out nationwide. I'm in about 44, 45 schools nationwide already right now, just on my, my very first year. Wow. And, well, it's, it's, the big thing is it's free. You know? And I tell, I'm like, just please, just look at it. And I've made the website as user-friendly as possible. So, and it's a malleable program. So P teachers can test whatever they have access to. I have monkey bars, a pull-up bar, a track. So I have, some, I have a couple of things. Other P teachers might not have monkey bars. So they can say, okay, we're going to test planks in that. We're going to do a, a, a mile run or a timed run. You know, and they, so I love by making it a malleable program. It gets P teachers more uh, into wanting to buy into the program because it once again it makes PE more fun. And right now, even being an elective, I'm at a roughly an 84% participation rate at my own school. So the vast majority of my students at least try yeah. and have succeeded. Yeah. So um, is there an? Uh, um, do they? graduate from the program or the different steps you said there's like different I stages. Do different stages yes so and when they you, how to, does it work like okay. It, um okay once it is is I, I i gate it i made a gated program and that's a great question uh i gate the program so like when i started in october they could only qualify for they could only do the school qualifier which is let's say well, i'll take push-ups two push-ups okay and a lot of kids could do two legit push-ups. And if they did, they got a little quarter-page certificate saying, okay, you graduated. Here's your certificate for a city qualifier great, or school qualifier. Great job. And those who can't, they can still practice push-ups all year long. I can have a kid walk up to me in April or May, finally get two push-ups, and earn that certificate. So they can see long-term growth. They can, they can make, even though it might be a short-term goal for somebody, it's a long-term goal for somebody else, and they can still feel that reward. Then I don't, I also though, I didn't want a kid to show up and bang out 40 push-ups at once and be like, woo, stage four, I'm going to Vegas. And then sit on the couch for the rest of the year eating Takis. So 
and then they have to stay, they have to maintain that fitness all year long. Now in April, when I get to stage, the final stage, stage four, they, that group who does make it, the stage, they, it gets bigger. They make it to the city qualifier or city finals, or uh, pardon me, stages one, two, and three of the national finals. They now get half page certificates. They make it to the stage four. They get a, a full page color certificate. Uh, sometimes I have like some ninja friends that are, they'll, they'll actually phone call in. Uh, I will pull up my, my Facebook on a, a smart board and they'll have an interactive talk with, an, with another real ninja because cool. I don't count. I'm only coach. I don't count as a real ninja. But they see another ninja talking to them, congratulating those who have made it to stage four. Now, that's something that I do. Other PE teachers might do something else. They might have a ninja party at the end. Uh, I've got, like I said, the video uh, by Akbar for those who do make it to stage four. You know, and it, and it does, because I'm a big believer. We're really cognizant on rewarding academic success. But in the early levels, we're not as cognizant on rewarding uh, physical success. And I do that, because for some kids, that might be the only success they get. And I want to hook them in whatever it takes to get them through school. Because I'll talk to kids, hey, great, you know what, you're, you're phenomenal right now at this sport. But if you want to play this in high school, your grades need to be here. Because yeah. I'm real big on following kids through their grades. And you're, you're finding, so you've only been doing it for a year now, mm -hmm. uh, and you're finding that the kids really enjoy it? It's it's, yeah. They love it. Like, uh, it and, I, and I do it on their choice day. So the fact, I love that they, instead of like running around the playground or playing kickball or running over there and playing soccer or jumping rope, they're like, no, I'm going to stand in this line and do planks with you and do push-ups and do pull-ups. So they're electing to do something that's going to be physically challenging because they want to. And not only is it for them, but they're really embracing the ninja spirit. You watch Ninja Warrior, you'll see ninjas are always cheering each other on. Because it's not ninja versus ninja, it's ninjas versus the course. It's no longer, it's gotten rid of that competitive aspect. They, 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 children are viewing this, that they're only competing against the challenge itself and not each other. They're screaming, they're clapping, they're cheering each other on. If somebody says, ah, oh, good try, Timmy. You know, somebody does make it, oh, Alicia, you made it great. What what is it what is it like for you to to see the the excitement in in your students for this type of program? Uh, I want to say I don't want to say not quite vindication, but like a it feels it it's literally what success feels like. Uh, it's motivation. We as teachers, we have to not only do we motivate our children and our students, we have to find ways to continue to motivate ourselves. You know, there's a reason, you know, we lose a lot of teachers in the first five years of teaching. Self-motivation can be challenging. And a lot of teachers find the best way to motivate themselves is to continually reinvent themselves. Uh, that's This is my version of reinventing myself because physical education is challenging to teach. We have to be the cheerleader of the school every day. PE should be Disneyland every day. It should be the happiest place, you know, neck and neck with lunch every day. because And it should be. And there are days, too, that it can be challenging to be that cheerful. And you'll, those days, I'll actually dress more. I'll wear a tie to go teach PE that day because it makes me feel more professional. And then I act like a professional. Or I'll wear a silly hat, and the kids laugh, which then makes me laugh. But seeing that level of success, it makes me feel that uh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting them. They are motivated towards their own physical success. I'm a firm believer that in this day and age, a strong mind needs a strong body to find that uh, optimal level of success. Mm. Well, I mean, I think there's data that, you know, the, the more physically fit you are, the, the higher 
uh, functioning your brain is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it also provides you a well-rounded life. I mean, we all know it's, yeah, like you're saying, we all know you're stressed. You should probably exercise. Exercise will help with stress reduction. Mm-hmm. No one ever finished a workout and said, Oh man, boy, was that a waste of time? Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We're like, okay, that hurt my soul. My everything is crying right now, especially leg day, but it's, it, you feel better as a person because you know, you just spent time investing in you. Uh, what's the, what's the website for people who want to check it out? The kids ninja www.kidsninjafitness.com. Don't show your kids, let them earn it. But if you do have a PE teacher friend anywhere or a teacher friend anywhere, send it the link. Okay. It's very, it's very smoothly, very well written out. Uh, I have everything on there. It's got a blog on there as well. It's got an email. If you have any questions, uh, like I said, it's, it's a labor of love. I run it just by myself, but I believe in it. And when you have the passion of believing in something, you'll spend the time on it. Uh, all right. Are you ready for five questions? I'm ready for five questions. Okay. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> this is something new we're, we're doing. So you're the first one to go through that. All right. So yes! question number one, what is your favorite book or author? <sighs> My favorite book or author. Mm, okay. I'm going to go with Motivation 2.0 by Daniel Pink. Which is going to be an odd choice. I, all right. We spent many years with the carrot and stick approach for motivation. You do this, I'll give you this bonus. Right? And, and that's worked. That's, that still does work. We do that with kids. Oh, you get an A on this test, you get a sticker or a prize or a Friday's fun day. Uh, we age out of that, though. I would like to think that we get to a certain age where once we start a career, and let's say we take money off the table, a lot of times we just want, we want control. We want control of our own daily destiny. Okay, like you've seen some companies start being proactive about this. Let's say, let's take Google. You know, you can you can go in, you can set your own hours. You could choose to work remotely from home. You could choose to go in. Here's your work quota. You get to it the way you want. Okay, and, and that does work. Like you set puzzles in a room for kids and say, well, that's there. Okay, you, you give the kids a, a puzzle. They're, after a while, they just want to solve it because it's there. They felt the motivation because they chose to do that in their own free time and they felt the success or perhaps the frustration of not getting it. But finding a way to build intrinsic motivation instead of extrinsic motivation uh, is a big deal. I I would do that with uh, toy drives. I would tell children they could bring in any gently used toy during Christmas times and I'll say, and they'll, oh, what do I get for it? Nothing. You, all, you know what you get? I'm going to be donating all these toys. Uh, there's a couple of uh, battered shelters and foster homes that I would deliver the toys to. You know, so, and these, are gonna, these toys are going to go out to these places because not only will they be used for Christmas, but they'll be used all year long. But you get nothing for it just knowing you helped somebody who's not in a good place of you. I was loading boxes, boxes on boxes. I needed to get help to transfer it because the kids found a way that it intrinsically motivated them to want to help. So Daniel Pink, Motivation 2.0, I found it to be a very relevant uh, – help professionally for teachers and a really good read cool uh all right question number two what's your favorite movie my favorite movie okay let's see my favorite guy movie of all time would be the 90s diamond heist snatch brad pitt guy Ritchie. i've seen it a long time ago don't remember it that well it's 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 like the quintessential guy movie lots of plot twists bare knuckle boxing And hilarious. Yeah. My my all time favorite movie of all overall though probably uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I love that movie. Oh, yeah. the ending, the ending where the mm. guy you know he's 
looking at his gravestones of those who oh, like yeah. <gasps> every yeah. every veteran watches that movie. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question number three. What's your favorite, or who is your favorite musical artist or band? Favorite musical artist or band. Okay. Or you can say favorite song. Okay. We're going to go once. It's, it should not surprise you. Now I'm going to have two. I think Fiona Apple from the '90s is probably my favorite lyricist. Uh, female, phenomenal, just phenomenal voice and it, great. Just pick the way she would write her songs, mm-hmm. uh, and her music just her very very fun to listen to. My favorite uh, performer right now probably be uh, Macklemore, really the rapper because. Uh, he's, been, one, he's been quiet for a little bit now, hasn't he? he, yeah. he did, well, he's been on tour. Okay, yeah. he's been on tour. When they go on tour, you don't yeah, see yeah. that. Uh, I like him though because he's back when uh, rap was funny, and you can understand what the heck they were saying. <laughs> you know, they're like, <laughs> "You hurt? No, I didn't hear. Please, <laughs> I'm old. Put the words in the bite. You put on closed caption nowadays. It doesn't help. <laughs> it's like, but he, he I, I can understand what he's saying, and he's funny." And he's self-depreciating. And just, you know, back about having a good time and, and living yeah. life. All right. Uh, okay, growing up, um, other than maybe PE, what was your favorite subject in school? Oh, history. Yeah. History, hands down. I mean, history was like, like I love, I was a voracious reader. Uh, I still enjoy reading. I don't get to do it as much. But history was like, like people are like, I want an exciting story. Crack open a history book. The world has done some pretty crazy things, man. You know, it's like, you know, you start reading about some stuff, and, and you're like, I can't believe that happened. And everyone's like, no, that's a good idea. We should, yeah, let's do that. And, you know, it's like, the world, totally flat. Yeah, don't fall off the edge. You know, it's like, and, and you read that, like, I was just, oh, I would just eat, sleep, and breathe history lessons mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Did you say your dad was a history teacher? Or what no, was he was a fifth grade, yeah, fifth, but he, okay. you know, he was a big history buff, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe with a yeah. lot, because he would start telling me about the, the fun stories of history. Yeah. And you start learning about these characters, and be like, man, this is insane. Yeah, I think I'm there. I think history history was my favorite subject in school, too. Probably why we've had a couple history teachers on the podcast already. Uh, okay, all right, final question. Final five. question. I'm ready. Uh, so if you could have dinner or, you know, a conversation with anybody, anybody. living or dead. Living or dead. Who, oh, who would it be? he has that. Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, why? Rough Riders, man. That yeah. guy was amazing. Like, talking. Everyone wants to be somebody. Oh, that person's full of life. He lived life to the fullest. Life's like, hey, you know, you have polio. He's like, cool. You know, well, I don't know what, what he built himself from scratch, from being a sickly child, would wrestle with his troops, would box with soldiers, his, his Secret Service guys. I mean, we all know, got shot, gave a speech anyway. San Juan Hill led a charge, still was a phenomenal father, amazing husband, really, truly cared about the guy, cared about the sick. You know, like he would spend a lot of time you know, working on, you know, uh, funding for uh, health care at the time, considered very progressive. I mean, and the guy was inordinately tough. I mean, uh, he was out, uh, they were out hunting, got his boat stolen during the winter, okay, him and three, they actually spent three days building another boat by scratch track down the boat thieves, beat them senseless, even though they had fire, they had weapons and they didn't. Okay? Tied them up, carried them back through the, uh, through the snow, and then he was a sheriff at the time, said, okay, you guys are arrested. Arrested them instead of hanging them, which was very progressive at the time. Yeah. So he was just one of those all-around phenomenal American guys. I'd be like, let's talk. We would probably box and wrestle too. Because I just, oh, God. God. Uh, that's why he's on Mount Rushmore, right? Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, is there anything else you wanted to talk about while we've got you here? 
other than that, no, I, I love it. I mean, I, I, I love being here. I, I love it. Be nice to your PE teachers. They'll be nice to you because I'm a big believer that a well-run PE program sets the discipline tone for a school. But nah, I'm having a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right. Thank you for being here. Morgan Wright, PE teacher, Diplomat Elementary School, American Ninja Warrior. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you on the next season. Oh, so good luck with that. It's looking good. I'm all excited. Right. And good luck with the uh, Ninja Fitness program. We hope uh, you know it takes off. Thank you. Me all too, right. man. All thank right. you. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.